Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I hope everyone's uh, staying well uh, and being healthy and safe. Uh, this is another edition of Conversations with Educators mm-hmm. on the covid 19 uh, Frontline. My name is Ray Penny. I'll be your host this afternoon. Uh, I'll be introducing our guest, Dr. Paul Christopher, who's a, uh, a principal at the Class Academy, and we'll discuss that later. Uh, if you want to log in and ask a question, you can just register with Blog Talk Radio, and you can um, uh, we have a chat room feature, and then you can just type in your question in the chat room, uh, and I'll pass it on. Or if you call, you dial one. Three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four, and press the number one, and that will let Robin know that you have a question or a comment. Um, uh, in our, she's manning mm-hmm. our switchboard, and she'll pass it on to me. So, as I said, uh, Dr. Paul Christopher is our guest. Uh, welcome, Paul. How are you today? Thank you, Ray. Very well. Doing very well. A little busy, but doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I've been talking to superintendents, but uh, I'd like to see how, how your role has changed. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the school where you're, you are so people have a framework. They, not everyone who listens is from Monmouth County. Sure, got it. Okay, Quest Academy High School is part of Monmouth County Vocational School District. We are a alternative high school slash credit recovery for those students around Monmouth County who have um, – Yes, falling behind in some of their courses and uh, were unable to double up to catch up to make, meet their credit requirements. So then they apply and we interview them and they come to our school. We enroll them to uh, get into the courses that they need in order to recover the credits to keep them en route to their graduation, their scheduled graduation, whether it's 2020 or 2021. We work with them and through all their issues that they bring with them from their uh, home high school. So it is uh, an alternative high school. We do have a graduation ceremony, but the kids are there primarily for credit recovery purposes. Um, and it, it's a wonderful, wonderful school. It's a different type of learning environment, and the kids are just wonderful. My teachers are superb, and, and you're teaching from the heart as well as from the mind. So uh, your students have had challenges um, with the regular high school experience for the most part. So when this was first occurring, I mean, you you have to a. How did you communicate with the teachers first about okay, this is where we're going? Well, okay, this was I guess early February, toward mid February, we got together and we talked a little bit. And some of the information I was getting from NJPSA that that I'm very involved with, and kind of sharing this information uh, as well as from our district with my staff and saying, okay, guys. Uh, and ladies, we should get ready because we're going to have to put out some work. We may be out a couple of weeks, not sure how long. So I want you to start getting ready for doing some Google Docs, Google Classroom, maybe even doing some uh, packets of information we'll set out. So let's kind of start out as a two-week planning period, and then we'll go from there. And 
Needless to say, after that, we kept having faculty meetings, and I said, hey, guys, I, I think we're going to need to plan a little bit further out than two weeks. So from the two weeks, we went to a month. So we got to about, I guess, about the middle of March where we had everything out. And how did we communicate to the students? Well, you know, I got the kids together and gave them a little briefing, and they were looking at me like I had six heads, like I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, and the teachers also <laughs> gradually communicated it to the students as well in their daily classes. There really wasn't a, a major blast that I sent out to parents, but I did let them know that the work was going to be forthcoming uh, should we have any closure and just be on the lookout, assist your students with any work that you can, even though your home is going to be your classroom, but it's forthcoming. So we gave them a lead-in to the situation at hand, and we started small, and we ended up big, and then everybody just jumped on board like everyone else did in Monmouth County and throughout the state. So uh, the communication was important, but I think all of us didn't expect what we got, and we started to prepare, but we had to move forward. So it was like a little battle that turned into a major war, as we all know, but we're all there together now. Yeah, and what were some of, the, some of the biggest challenges that you faced in, in those first few weeks? Or even well, now, the biggest I thing, would say. Well, the biggest thing once is communication and getting the kids to be communicative with their teachers. Uh, I was very communicative with them and parents and getting the kids to be communicative with their teachers, checking in on time, making sure that they're following through with their assignments, some kids would check in, some kids would not follow through on their assignments and, and vice versa or check in later beyond their designated class times. But I think that's kind of what most teachers were going through uh, until you get into a routine. And then we got through that routine right up to about spring break. And then we, our district, had a break in the action. And then to pick up again where we left off was a little bit challenging, but we got right into it. I think getting into the routine was the biggest challenge and for teachers and for kids but once you get into that routine it's you know your wake up call check in with your teachers take the attendance teachers take attendance get everything underway um, and that's that was one of the biggest challenges that still is getting the kids to communicate with teachers be responsible for doing the amount of work that they can do and it's very very difficult for kids you know, you have to have high standards, still maintain your standards, but you also have to be understanding and empathetic to what goes on while they're at home. They're losing that one-on-one instruction, but uh, you still have to be sympathetic as to what's going on. What platforms do your teachers use for the instruction? They're using primarily Google Classroom. Um, some of them are creative, but that's primarily what we're using so our kids can function efficiently and, and as easy as possible. And how, is, how how do you find your day as a principal has changed? I mean, I know it's changed. Uh, and what do you what's the biggest difference, and what, what what do you really miss? Well, my first thing I get in in the morning, we send out a morning announcement. Uh, we send out a thought for a day. We send out a, a music uh, a thing for the kids to start their day with. And for me personally, I'm on that computer more than I ever have communicating with kids, communicating with parents, communicating with teachers, making sure everybody's having a smooth day. And that, that is the biggest difference for me is communication with everyone involved in my school community, more so 
than ever. And by email, it's kind of impersonal, and you have to read in between the emails, but it, it's good. And I also have conference calls with my teachers twice a week to do a check-in to make sure everything's okay, that who's not communicating, who's communicating but not doing work, who's not doing work but is communicating. Those are things that are very important. And so for me, as a principal, I'm on my computer communicating that way more so, but I also am on the phone in concert with emails. If you can make, mm-hmm. if you can figure that out, uh, and, and and I do that. I usually go into my building for a couple hours a day, work there, and then come back home and finish my work at home. But we're our day goes probably to about five, six o'clock, communicating with teachers and students. Yeah, because you're doing what do all I miss the most. I'll tell you what do I, the thing I miss the most. You know, my building is empty, and I, I miss greeting the kids coming in that front door in the morning and saying good morning and you know, checking the expression on their face, not knowing what they come through that door with in the morning and, and greeting them to start their day. And just the basic community relationship you have with kids and teachers in the building, that family atmosphere is what I miss the most and uh, and being able to help kids personally. That's true. Every school has its own uh, community. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's curated with the administrators, the staff, the teachers, I mean the entire staff, even the maintenance and everyone else and the students. Um, now, yeah. we know as of this week, and I don't think we were shocked that we have to do this for the rest of the year. What do you see as your challenges moving forward? Well, needless to say, now that we know a plan for the end of the year, that one of the challenges, first and foremost, uh, coming to closure for the end of the year, prepping for graduation, which we've been doing for weeks, you know, kind of cleaning out lockers, turning in books, figuring out how we're going to hand in, turning in laptops and so on. Uh, if we do that, we have to figure out a process for that, as well as teachers if they need to come into their classrooms to retrieve anything. And then looking forward as to what the summer will look like in preparation for the fall, because there has to be planning then going forward. What's our schedule going to look like for the fall? You know, Are we going to be in a couple of days, out a few days? How are we going to handle that? And that's kind of just a global thought for me, but district-wide, that would be something that we as a district would have to plan. But the biggest challenges right now are coming to the end of the year for graduation, getting things set, award ceremonies, uh, making the kids feel that 2020 was a great year and they're walking away feeling comfortable with it. And then we'll move forward with the planning for the summer and seeing what the fall is going to look like. Uh, Again, that will have to come from the NJDOE with directors from our district on how we plan going forward. But for me right now, planning between May and June are graduation awards and trying to make the year a rewarding one for the students and the teachers. And being this is Teacher Appreciation Week, they are just incredible, incredible individuals all over the state of New Jersey, all over the country. These teachers are wonderful. Yeah, and they their, their method of operation changed almost literally overnight. And uh, I think uh, the cooperation among the administrators, the boards, and the teachers has been pretty uh, impressive, at least to me. Oh, I don't know if I've ever seen great. it like this before. Yeah. Um, I have not had any complaints from teachers. The only complaints I have is their kids are not doing their work. That's basically it. They're not doing it what they want them to do. No complaints like, oh, I hate this job. It's crazy. I don't want to do this anymore. Never. They roll mm-hmm. up their sleeves, and they go right to work, man. And plus, I have to tell you, our 
Central Office Administration, our Board of Education, our district are just tremendous, wonderful support, great leaders along the way. And if nothing else, it teaches us as principals to become better leaders as well. Um, one of the concerns that I, I've seen expressed, and I know I have, and I'm pretty sure you do, is the social-emotional well-being of the students, uh, both now and I, I think that would be a major issue actually when we come back in September. Do you see that as a major issue that, or something that you have to deal with as part of your routine yeah, of communicating I, I with see, students? Yeah, I do see the support that's going to be needed for the social-emotional learning and mental health care. That has to be addressed. Um, I'm sure that some students have had friends or relatives or loved ones that have perhaps had the virus or maybe they lost a loved one. But, yes, we do have to get ready for that. We have to prepare for the health and safety before and after school returns to the classroom, what's the classroom going to look like, um, making sure that the kids have healthy meals, and also attend to the kids that have, you know, individual educational plans and ELL learners. And, and there's a lot of that to double up to catch up on and, and provide tools for teachers, parents, and students to begin to measure academic progress going forward that may need some attention. But the social-emotional learning is a big, big part of it. And uh, I can sense that some of the kids just have, not, I'm not going to say given up, but they've taken a back seat because they just don't know what's going on. But social emotional learning is very, very important. Very important. And and it's probably even harder for them because, as you said before, they probably weren't paying attention as much as maybe some of the the adults were. Because, uh, uh, like, what are you talking about? Uh, so, does that make it harder for them that like this kind of came as a major surprise to them and quickly too? Yeah, it did. It, it caught us all by surprise, but the kids more because they're young. They don't quite understand what this is going through. I mean, it's a it's an issue for kids in high school to begin with to socialize and, and, and you know work it through with friendships, but and not to mention doing their work. But now this is like, what's this all about? How did this all come to be? And why me? And why is this happening to me in my senior year? So the kids are all going through that. I do have some kids that I've had some personal conversations with to try to counsel them through this with their parents. But, yeah, they're they're taking a big hit on it. Uh, but I do think that they've overcome the major obstacle of this thing happening, and now they're in a routine. But they still need that guidance, and they're still going to need that, that social-emotional assistance and mental health care when they return. And so it seems you've said it many times, but it seems like the important thing that you try to do uh, and the teachers are trying to do it, but is create that routine for the students so they know that they have to get up and they're not watching TV or playing video games, that they have to do certain things at certain times. Absolutely, absolutely. And who knows, when we get to the fall, if we come back in the fall, there may be a couple of days in, a couple of days out. Who, who knows, you know, how districts are going to handle that. So some districts may continue with remote learning for a few days and some may not. Um, you know, a couple of days in, a couple of days out, because you have to figure how many kids you're going to have in the cafeteria, what's the seating going to be like, what your phys ed classes are like. There's a lot to do with scheduling. But, again, that's a district preparedness plan. But those are factors that we're all going to have to take into consideration. And, and just for the 
knowledge of our uh, full disclosure, uh, Paul is also a school board member, uh, so he can look at it from various perspectives. Uh, you know, in the district where he he's a, a board member. Um, yeah. So, uh, Paul, any any other concern? Uh, you know, we're coming to, towards the end of our uh, uh, interview. Any other uh, thoughts as you uh, move forward on this? That well, uh, you lessons you learned on this. Well, I've learned to be patient. I've learned to be cautious, and I've learned to try to be as safe as I can possibly be, but also to be more empathetic and sympathetic toward my students, uh, to put myself in their shoes, and to really understand what's going on in their life and in their home. Yeah, that that has taught me. Uh, I'm not as uh, how should I say it? More as rigid as I would be if I was in school. I'm more understanding as to what they're going through. So it's made me a better leader in that respect. And I'm also doing a lot of sharing with my colleagues. So it's a growing, growing process. Um, I mean, I, frankly, I was a leader in the army, but or an officer in the army. But it's nothing like leading in this parade. Let me tell you, uh, it's, <laughs> it's very challenging. But the teachers. Uh, man, when you have those teachers behind you, they make you look like you're Superman. They're they're wonderful. So I don't know if that made any sense, but it made me no, uh, be, be more compassionate with people in general, teachers and students. And I, I guess you would have to also monitor, maybe not to the same degree, but you have to see how your staff is doing as well, right? Uh, yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. I do a little mental checkup just talking to them. Absolutely. I do. Because and some of them, yeah, yeah. They need it. They need the call. They need the vent. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Paul, I'd like to thank you. I wish you good luck with your graduation and all the plans that you have thank to do you. for the school closing. I think your job is going to be um, it's going to be a difficult summer. Uh, there won't be the normal planning that you normally have uh, for September. Um, so good luck with all that, and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Ray. Thank you very much. Okay, that was Dr. Paul Christopher from the Class Academy, a part of the Monmouth County Vocational School District. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to his thoughts as the principal of that school. And that brings us to the end of this uh, program, and I hope you all, during this crisis, stay uh, healthy and safe. Uh, and have a good afternoon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.